Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. gentlemen welcome to the from the back tees podcast i'm jerry and i'm zach and uh we are coming to you from the back tees all the time zach what do we got to talk about today a bunch of golf stuff or what so we got a couple big things there's big news today tiger woods announced his picks for the president's cup ernie like gave two hours yesterday Two, two hours ago, he announced these picks. We're recording this on a uh, Thursday night, two hours yeah. after Tiger. We so we know about the picks. Then we also got the Christina Kim controversy. Controversy? Controversy? I don't know how you pronounce that word. One sounds delicious. One sounds French. I'm not sure which one's which. But exactly. Then we also got Jerry had a big moment on the course a couple of weeks ago. We haven't spoken about. So uh, a little teaser there. That's what they call it in the industry. Indeed, and we uh, we uh, we all missed Halloween, and I guess I took a Halloween video that uh, went viral. That was kind of just uh, we'll describe real quick that uh, just happened to be a funny happenstance thing. And uh, what else we got? And I think that's just about it. You took all my things. No Canadian fun fact, right? And we got a Canadian fun fact that includes America this week. I can't wait. God, to- I hope so. I hope so. Oh, it's going to be a doozy. It's everyone keeps saying in America that Canada is our attic, our hat, our, our, our little brother, like a lot of cute things. And it's just, it's, it's inappropriate. I'll admit, but, uh, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's, uh, crack this one open here. Beautiful. That was very well timed and a very good quality opening. That's, uh, thanks to, uh, well, I have to say hundred percent from, uh, Tyler and Robbie on the uh, Dingers podcast, uh, part of the Sports Travel Radio Podcast Network, which we ha- we're happy to, to be the golf podcast, honestly. It's great to be a part of any team, especially a winning team. And I'm trying to come up with, like, all these great catchphrases and intros for us to be, like, as hip as they are because they are uh, – the Dingers podcast is the uh, – even though baseball is nigh – no, it's not nigh. What's the opposite of nigh? Eh, doesn't matter. Uh, baseball is over now, but they have a baseball podcast where it's a podcast for smart people, and I want us to be the uh, golf podcast for smart people, but I'm not even smart enough to come up with the same cadence or a phrase at the start of each show. So uh, that being said, uh, thank you, Sports Travel Radio. You guys are the tits. Uh, that's that's in, in golf parlance, that's the best thing you can be, I'd say. So. Zach, how was your week? Uh, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, so it was pretty good. Busy week. Lots of stuff going on, especially in the golf world. And then lots of stuff going on the site, working on the pod. We got a couple big articles coming out. I know our guy Tucker likes to uh, write the short books. So you get that. He could be selling it. People oh, yeah. Buy. Yeah. Uh, if, if you haven't already, because uh, as I've been grilling uh, Zach yesterday about how our listening numbers are, we just had... Mike Whalen, uh, the creator of the Golf Channel, so to speak, as well as like head producer of many beautiful HBO pieces and Wimbledon and just sporting, but just everything. And our numbers really didn't spike much. And I and I know 
it's not that big a deal. You know, we're trying to do our be- the best we can, and we really appreciate the dozens and dozens of people who are listening. But ultimately, it's kind of like how, uh, and I hope Lorcan and his ilk are, aren't listening, but at the same time, we, uh, we want to run a lot of giveaways and fun things for the fans to do, but in the end, we don't have that, much, that many people listening. We're still going to plug on and do what we're doing, but at the same time, we want the numbers to grow just so we can uh, include everybody on fun stuff. So, uh, I don't know. I, that's a tangent upon a tangent, because my boy Crazy, uh, Caddy at Van and Dunes, we really, folks, we really want to do He's been pressing me about this. He wants to do a weekly giveaway of his head covers. And his head covers are so nice, I haven't picked one out yet. There are so many nice ones there. And ultimately, they're like 50 bucks a piece. And it's like quality artwork. Like, if anyone knows what Seamus head head covers are like, they're pretty much identical to that in terms of uh, craftsmanship and style. But with, like, much much more vibrant and, uh, and much more varietal of patterns. But we want to run something where we have, like, a... Uh, like a code word or like a giveaway or a contest. We want to do it every week, but if there's not enough people listening, it's kind of tough to do that. It's tough to follow through as much as Zach and I are, we're like uh, Andy Bernard in the office when he's trying to buy all the paper from his own company, because just trying so they hit the numbers. Great episode. Part of the, like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm totally willing to do the same thing. It's just sad. I, I just don't, I, we don't want to do it. Yeah, it's so very- basically subscribe, review, share it with your friends because the bigger it gets, the better for everyone. And that being said, Zach did post from our uh, Twitter account, because golf and Twitter seem to have a beautiful uh, marriage, uh, so to speak. He posted a poll that I posted 24 hours ago that just ended just now. And uh, wow, what a double... Excuse me, Jerry. Uh, I only got 47 votes. Uh, It it was pertaining to how do people listen to their podcast and or our podcast. And it only got 47 votes, and I have easily, thanks to all you lovely people out there, uh, I have 10 times that many followers. Like, Zach, let's just take a moment to uh, appreciate that my Twitter account, the the one that you met me on and what how we're doing this right now, oh, yeah. it's been 13 months old and I have over 420 followers. That is way more than all the Twitter accounts I've had put together and all the time I've had put on Without Twitter. Without following Twitter. anyone really or any doing any of that stuff. What's that? Sorry. You haven't really followed anyone either, just all organic. Oh, no. I've l- Listen. To, to all those people who may be listening that I don't follow them back, I'll, I'll admit, I'm, I'm not sound like a big shot. I'm certainly not or whatever. The cops are out at Zach's house again right now. I mean, like he, he better put his hands up on the wall. Spread them, boy. I'm kidding. Um, honestly, I don't realize who's following me and not following me until I see something tweeted at me or something like that. And then I just realize, oh, they're following me. Like, like I, I, uh, I quipped earlier this week about – uh, how the 18 handicaps the uh, uh, know-it-alls need to like calm the hell down or whatever, or like because they're cute or whatever. And I had uh, like the Rich Beam. Uh, Rich Beam has a podcast with, uh, and I apologize because I'm messing up the name right now. But uh, their podcast like made a comment towards me, and then I made a comment back at them. But by me making a comment back at them, made me look at their account and realize, oh shit, they're following me, and I wasn't following them, so I hit the follow button real quick. So. Forgive me, folks, if I haven't gotten back to you, because the whole point is to like uh, reciprocate and have a good time and, and twist it up and have banter and, and not hurt any feelings. No hurt yeah, any feelings. Crazy about thing. the good content. When we first started the site, I remember it was just me and Mark, and we were talking on Twitter. We probably had like three Twitter followers for like weeks, trying to figure out how the hell are we going to get more Twitter followers. I remember setting the goal at getting to fifty Twitter followers in two months. And then yeah. all of a sudden, they like caught on and kept growing and growing. And now 
just Dude, over 7,800. I was going to say, hold on. <laughs> okay, Jesus, Pete, Zachary, I was about to say, last time I checked the followers for the the, the, the Twitter profile, which I haven't checked in a long time, I'm, that's, you control that, I don't, obviously, I don't even look at it. I could have sworn it was at like 5,300, and I'm just kind of like, oh my god! That was like two or three months ago. I'm like, wow, we're doing pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I think, I think when we first got in touch, I probably had like 100, 200. You're shitting me. Yeah. Well, this is now, we'll probably have an anniversary or something for the, the date we met, but we're still about a month and change away from when you and I got hooked up. And I know I appreciate you telling me, because uh, I tell the story to everyone how, it, like, I was the first one on the staff, so to speak, uh, even though yeah. Mark was helping you out with everything. But uh, in the creative endeavor, I was uh, much like how I've had my best golf jobs, working in pro shops, whatever. I like to be the enforcer for the guy in charge. And that's how I always looked at my relationship with you. And that's how I will always maintain it with you and so on and so forth. So that being said, <laughs> I hope you fuck um, with me. Jerry's coming for you. <laughs> so yes, I did have uh, gosh, it was on the 24th October. Like I remember exactly or whatnot. I got a hole in one, my first one ever been playing golf for 30 years. I had been reserved Zachary to never getting a hole in one in my life. And crazy. And we were just talking about it. I, I, you know what, and, and ironically, or in a meta sense, it happened on the whole, but jokingly, growing up on, I played that hole a zillion times. It's a 211-yard par three all day, and even when I lived on the East Coast and in Colorado and in Southern California when I played golf, I remember this par three, and I always told people about this par three, just because it was just a nut buster of a long par three. Nothing up there, just, you know, just like, you could skull something up there. It's just a big, wide-open, flat par three, but... uh the uh, the bummer about it was, in short, was I hit a – it was 208 yards out or so the uh, gun told me, and I hit a four iron. And all I remember when I hit the four iron was, oh, my God, that was my first cut all day. Son of a bitch. I've been drawing the ball all day. And, and as it was in the air, I'm like, well, thank God I cut it because it's cutting towards the hole. Nice, a little chunky, but eh, maybe it'll be short. And when it landed, my buddy Cody, the uh, uh, grass cutter that I was with uh, on, on the course – he said, oh, you, you're over the green, you're over the green. I'm like, yeah, probably, but I don't think so. I think it was a little short. He's like, yeah, you're over the green. Meanwhile, he he's like a 50 handicap. He proceed, And Cody, if you're listening, you're 50 handicap. He proceeds to like, tie, like hook his hybrid into the uh, briar bushes by the road. So he has to re-tee. And then he hits another one to the left over uh, by 7T. And he we go over there and at, well, we couldn't even find that one. So he has to drop by the tee box. So technically if we're keeping score, he's dropping four, hitting five. Meanwhile, I saunter up to the green, looking at the green going, I don't see a golf ball on the green. I don't see one long either, which is where I thought it would be. I just kept walking, just kept walking. And wouldn't you know it? I just straight up, I didn't, I didn't take a club with me. I don't know why I didn't. I was mostly just trying to walk up and look for my ball. It's not like we were in a hurry or waiting or whatever, but, but I walked up to the flag in the cup and I just looked at the bottom and looking down there was it was smiling at me was this shitty little Callaway Chevron because if anyone knows I try to resist Callaway but Callaway is not a bad thing it's a Callaway super soft it's not even a good like you know not even a premier golf ball like you know I like to play but I, play yeah, I told you you don't need the good one ah I, uh, I know point proven that being said it was also a uh, it's that it has monogram on the side. This was one of the uh, prizes they gave out for the KPs during the men's league. I just happen to have the sleeve in my bag, and it says Kokio Valley State Elks 2018 
this is one of those balls I remember months ago on the podcast I was bitching about saying, look at these stupid things I won. Well, that's what I got my ace with. And good thing, too, because if it was a pro V, I'd still like to use it, but it's a ball I wouldn't use. So, so do they give uh, you anything for it? Uh, no, a lot of people, what I, what people gave me was grief that I wasn't in the hole in one pot for the club, which I, I'm a new member. So I don't know what that means, but I'll, I'll tell you folks, I had the best bar tab ever because I had one witness to my ace and it was Cody. And there were beyond that, there were two people sitting near their RV, uh, up by the clubhouse that heard me yelling and shrieking. Cause once I, you know, walked up and saw the ball. I just started yelling to the heavens, like, are you fucking kidding me? Ah! I mean, it just, it was like, it was like Braveheart. I was just going berserk out there. And then that was on the sixth hole. So when we finished nine and got back to the clubhouse, I bought him a drink. And wouldn't you know it, I, I don't remember if I shared this on the podcast or not, but, uh, or in a different podcast, but uh, my <laughs> if, if people were ever asked, so what drink did you get for yourself when you got a hole in one? I uh, I got uh, a seven and seven, which uh, yeah, I'm a whiskey drinker and I like seven and sevens, but I never order one. But seven the girl at the bar, uh, seven and seven. It's a Seagram's, a seven up and Seagram's uh, seven whiskey. Oh, interesting. Are the Every cops holding that criminal back now? The other way, like you live on the pipeline, don't you? <laughs> Sorry. No, <they're laughs> no, no, I'm I'm laughing about the. I'm laughing about the fuzz driving back the other way across your... Uh, across oh, yeah, there's like a murder going on here. I have no idea. Please hold while I close this while I close this window. Well, I'll keep vamping for the folks at home, so needless to say... Wait, why is your window open? It's Canada in fucking November. <laughs> why is the window open? Wait. Hey, put your, put your ears back in. Hold, hold on. on. There we go. The killer... Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Why is your window open in November in Canada? Uh, that's a good question. I think now I could start leaving it closed. It was very hot in the room. but Okay, so anyways, folks, long story boring about my ace. Um, it wasn't one of those ones where I saw it go in or lots of people saw it. I had a bar tab that consisted of two drinks, and uh, that was amazing. And uh, it was on a hole that I always jokingly <laughs> as a kid. I, look, Zach, I reserve myself to – I've been playing golf 30 years, and I'm playing golf pretty good right now. I didn't need a hole-in-one. I don't give a shit yeah. about a hole-in-one. And it happened to happen on the hole that I always joked as a kid going, like, oh, it's going to be this hard piece of shit. I'm going to get it on this one. And sure enough, I did. And earlier tonight, I'll admit, I, uh, I played a few holes out there, and uh, when I played that hole, I hit another really good four-iron. It didn't make it but because uh, the greens are a little wet. But that was uh, that was the story of my ace and – God forbid it anymore. Now's the question we were discussing. Are you more like, I don't know how to properly word it. Are you less enthusiastic about if you would get another one or about wanting to get another one than you were before you had this one? Uh, I, I, I can only assume in like a very, very, very poor fashion that I would act nonchalant if I were to get one again. Absolutely. But that being said, I would like to have a celebration. I would like to see it go in the hole. But I, if I were to sink like a, a sandwich from the fairway from 100 yards into the hole, I'd react the same way. Like, I'm a bit of an ass. I like to, I like to yell in the course. And, like, and, and honestly, after I got my hole-in-one, like after yelling a couple times, I did take my hat off and throw it in the air as far as I could. That's I mean, what you just, have to do. Different. I don't understand That's, people who just pick it up. Well, that's look, look, look. I know a lot of breed of cat, breeds of cat who are very like uh, their blood pressure is very low key, like their heart rate's very low. I get that. I'm kind of actually, 
I think that's pretty sexy. Those people who don't have a pulse, so to speak, with like in, in moments like that, because <laughs> emotion is the thing that ki- is going to kill any human in terms of like screwing something up. Uh, like that's the reason why they won't let uh, the let like planes be automated or not automated because we still have emotion involved, and that that that's still a thing that's very genuine and beautiful. But that being said, those very dry people who don't react to anything, I tip my cap hard to those people. And I and I honestly, Zach, I hope to be one of those people one day. I really do. Yeah, no, me too. But I don't think it's ever going to happen. If I ever get a hole in one, it will be a scene. Wait, wait a second. If you ever get a hole in one, you got a hole in one, right? No, I don't have one. No, no, no. I remember. I I could have sworn one of our first stories that we talked about was the fact that you were, you know, like a a, a learning golfer and you got a hole in one or something. No, that's I'm, Mark. Well, yeah, but okay, fair, but I haven't talked to Mark. <laughs> no, I have no hole in one. I have an eagle hole out. Oh, that's it. I'm sorry. I apologize. God, I was like, yeah, I was a. We have a bunch of the, the the few dozen diehard listeners are punching their dashboard right now, saying like, "No, Jerry, it was a hole out." Oh, sorry, sorry. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So that was so, uh, angst. So Zach, we got a couple of golf topics to talk about, uh, plus one other fun thing that I had happen to me on the internet. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, what are the golf topics? You go first. So let's let's go right into it to the President's Cup. So Tiger just made his pick about. Uh, Two hours and ten minutes ago. Yes, yes. He went with uh, <clears throat> Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland, and himself. Thoughts? Um, uh, before any thoughts, full disclosure, I haven't too much paid that much active attention to the President's Cup, so to speak, so... When it comes to the prestige of it, I get the fact that like us Americans need some satiation every year. Like, like as much as I, there, there's a good, there's a good question for you, Zach. I mean, I know you're from Canada, but when it comes to the Ryder Cup, would you rather have it every year or would you have it every other year? Uh, as a Canadian, maybe every year because raises the odds of us having one of our own in it. I oh. That's a great answer. I like your perspective because a lot of people would say, no, we want the internationals represented every other year. But from an American or maybe a European standpoint, having it every year would be a lot of fun. But there's a reason why it's every other year. There's a reason why the Olympics are every four years, for Christ's sakes. I mean, that's yeah. just that's, that adds to the, uh, like, builds up to the prestige of it. So that being said, um, I used to be really hip to the President's Cup, honestly, like 15 years ago. I <sighs> feel like a fraudulent... Uh, uh, broadcaster so to speak and that i haven't really kept up on like the mo- the records most recently but i can tell you about the Ryder cup obviously because for some reason that's way more important to me than like vj singh and ernie ells guys who are just as good as anybody else and this is their chance to play yeah excuse me as it was back in the day but but um i don't know tiger picking himself i actually was uh talking to some people about that a couple hours ago when you broke the news to me uh, I uh, broke the news to some people who were standing near me and they kind of like, they were a little older, a little out of touch. And they just kind of like looked up the air, like hmm, interesting. And I thought to myself, I, I, I thought to myself to say out loud, Tiger is playing well enough that this isn't crazy. That like, yes, Hale yeah, Irwin no, even if he wasn't Tiger Woods, I think he would have been picked. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, he brings a lot to the team as way more than just being a ceremonial like vice captain or something like that. And and uh, yes, we haven't had a playing captain since Hale Irwin in '94. But I mean, that was kind of made sense because Hale Irwin won three U.S. Opens '74, uh, '79, uh, and um, God, was it 
and 91 because strange one in 90 and 89 so in 91 that's three years removed that makes a lot of sense that hale Irwin could be a playing captain i mean hell ray floyd was a playing captain for like maybe some Ryder cups or for some uh president cups i'm sure i mean billy casper those guys are good jack nicholas was a playing captain for a lot of Ryder cups so was arnold palmer being a playing captain was a very frequent thing back in the day it's just not something that's not very common and real quick this can be a half canadian fun fact but i'll ask you zach were there ever any player coaches in hockey yeah for sure at the start like 100 years ago or 90 years ago there were but not for the last at least not for the last 80 years there hasn't been not even like gordy howe or no or like no Bobby, those though back in those days or anything no I mean, they weren't because even in basketball bill russell with the celtics he has like uh nine or 11 rings i forget they won but like eight in a row bill russell, exactly the goat but but he also and a lot of people forget that uh, he also was the uh, um, player coach for the team in his last few years. That was a thing, and that's hard to do in basketball. You can get away with that. LeBron, some would argue, LeBron James does that half the time. Essentially, but, is, yeah. Which isn't a problem. Like if you gear your team the right way, that's why. Like Eric Spolster in Miami, he got all those uh, all those guys together, and he's still coaching there, and he's still a good coach, and. He still kind of managed them all at the same time. But needless to say, this is a golf podcast, not a basketball podcast. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I know a couple of big names left out were Fowler was left off, Kisner and Kevin Na. They were probably the first three out. Or do, do, does that bother you at all? Other than leaving Kevin Na out, I don't give a crap about Kisner. I sort of think Fowler maybe should have made it. I'm not oh, sure over who, though. It's. See, now, this is the thing that bothers me. I don't have his Ryder Cup and or his President Cup numbers in front of me, but, I mean, I don't think Fowler is that much of a linchpin or a big deal or a locker room guy or a point scorer or whatever for the team, really. And uh, Kisner, certainly not because, I mean, I've seen his performance in these uh, environments and in, in, in terms of match play, and they're not great, except for yeah. the one or two times that, that it worked. Uh, Kevin Na. I actually – he was the one I really, really was – oh, God. I really wanted Kevin Na on the team. I was really, really actually – he's starting to grow on me big time. I know that bugs a couple guys on our team, uh, and rightfully so. I know their history with him. I like Kevin Na. I used, I used to be a Kevin Na – like, I don't want to say hater. I'll say naysayer because, like, I, I was firmly on the record of saying Kevin Na hits the ball too low and not fast enough off the tee, which means he doesn't drive the ball far, which means he's fucked in all the majors and all the big tournaments. Next thing I know, he's this Titleist TS driver has been doing wonders for Ian Poulter and Kevin Na and all these guys. They figured out the formula this year, and they're driving the ball like all the other grown men on tours. And Kevin Na is legitimate. I mean... Yeah, no, Kevin Na, I think he's the real deal. It's sort of crazy at this point in his career. He's just come out and dominated, basically. Well, not to say I'm drawing comparisons from me and Kevin Na, but Zach, I've been playing golf 30 years, and I tell golfers that I caddy for, and when I play golf, people that I play golf with, every single week I tee it up, I'm playing better and better for some reason. It's this mostly is a breakout a year. Well, it's, look, it's mostly, as I tell people, it's mostly a mental thing because it's like not everybody has dominion of their swing. They're worried about mechanics in their swing or whatever. But I guess – like I said, I turned 35 shortly. I've been golfing for about 30 years. I've been swinging the club long enough that the swing isn't the thing that I think about. And once I got that out of my head, and this is this is why I get into so many arguments with people on Twitter, is because I keep telling people, it's like once we realize how mental the game is, and I know it's hard to do, but once you overcome the mental hurdle, 
golf is fun and easy. And I even, as I was telling Cody when I was playing with him today, I said to him, I said, you know what I think about when I'm over the ball? I think about, ooh, how, how good can this be? Like, I get a little cocky. I get a little, like, arrogant or whatever. And then it's like, yeah, and Jerry, what happens when you hit a bad shot? Honestly, I just chuckle. I laugh. I'm just like, whoop, I didn't expect that because I wasn't thinking about that. I was envisioning a good shot. And 80% of the time, I hit the shot that I'm envisioning, whether it's my 64-degree wedge or my forward and everything in between. 80% of the time, I do what I want to do. And the other 20% of the time, I just, I guess I've hit a point where I don't let it affect me because even if I wind up in a penalty spot or, or a bad spot or whatever, I just look at it like, okay, well, we'll go see the line, go see how it is and go figure it out from there. It's you're never out of the hole. It's one shot at a time. Once that hole's over in the next five minutes, you're going to be starting the next hole over and you can get back on track. Golf is so fucking mental. It's, it's nauseating, man. It's just, yeah. it, it upsets me that it took me this long to figure out golf. Like if I was playing this way when I was 18, I would definitely <laughs> be going to college on a scholarship. I swear to God, it's not even funny. It's just instead, no, almost, instead of, nope, I'm almost 35 and I'm a caddy and then and that's it. Go back to school on a scholarship. This is me jerking off into a ceiling fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, uh, do you want to hear the whole team? I can read you out the whole team and then we'll hear your thoughts as an American. Actually, yeah, go ahead. I was uh, hoping you had the list. I was about to look it up. Go ahead. So, yeah, we got Brooks, JT, DJ, Cantlay, Xander, Webb, Simpson, Matt Kuchar, Bryson, Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, Woodland, and Tiger. Do you have the international team in front of you? So I was just getting that for you. I'll have that. Oh no! Oh no! Worries. I just while you're looking that up, I just I'll let the air out of the balloon right now. Going, oh my god, who can't beat that team? That sounds like <laughs> top to bottom such a studded roster. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I had a stroke halfway through and stopped writing down the names um, way before DeChambeau. Okay, so I could give you the international team. Go for it. Got Mark Leishman, Matsuyama, Ustizen, Adam Scott, Abraham Anser, Hao Tong Lee, C.T. Pan, Cameron Smith, Sung Jae In, Joaquin Neiman, Canadian Adam Hadwin, and Jason Day. One Canadian on the list, Hadwin. Yeah. I thought Connors yeah. was going to make it. Close. You're right. Shout out Hadwin. Um, just just refresh me. Answer is representing Mexico, correct? Mexico, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that guy, oh God, Answer is a uh, – I think uh, – you know how I said Brooks Kepka might win all four majors next year? I know that was just a funny thing I, think I said. Answer might? I am wanting to pencil Answer in at Augusta early. I actually, I think he's like one of the most underrated guys on tour. Maybe he's not underrated at all anymore, but. He's, he strikes me, honestly, in terms of how his career is growing and how his game is, as like the international Brooks Kepka. Because if you look at how Brooks Kepka like slaved away on the tours and just was like not too much or whatever, Abraham Answer was a legendary ball striker six years ago. We just heard about him a year or two ago. I mean, he, he hasn't changed his game. He's just now coming into beautifully perfect form. I mean, That's a great, I think Kip Henley, great comparison. Kip Henley, Kip Henley said it, I, I'm pretty sure. And if it's not Kip Henley, well, he's going to appreciate the shout-out. But that being said, uh, I think there was he was making some quote about how I was just watching some really great young Latino uh, or Mexican golfer, blah, 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 whatever. 
and it turns out it wasn't John Rahm, it was Abraham Answer, and it was back when they were 14 or something, and it was just kind of like, and, and this was when Answer was like in the top five of like several tournaments in a row or something, I mean. Yeah, no, the guy, he just sort of, I guess he didn't really come up out of nowhere, but that was a great comparison with Brooks, sort of how Brooks always had it, just took him a while to get there, and now Answer just seems to be winning. If I had to bet on someone becoming the number one golfer in the next 10 years. I think he's a pretty good bet for the next five whoa, years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just going to give him one green jacket. You're going to give him number one no, golfer I think in the world? Guy, I think this guy could be, like, the best. I've been saying it for a couple months. I mean okay. – No, you have. Yeah, that's true. That's true. track record's been pretty good. And then it's crazy Jason Day had to be, like, the last captain's pick. Who would have thought that a couple years ago? Uh, I think that's kind of – he's – Jason Day is the international uh, team's Phil Mickelson. If you think <laughs> about it. Like, fun, friendly, gregarious, big bomber. I mean, that's exactly – Jason Day is exactly Phil Mickelson's doppelganger uh, internationally. I mean, I'm not going to say Europe has one because Europe uh, is a little more starchy and, uh, and appropriately. So, they, they – I you know what? I, I appreciate the dustiness of old-fashionedism. That's where the game came from. But utterly – Actually, uh, sorry. Uh, good for Hadwin. Very happy for your boy Hadwin. Um, yeah, 44th ranked player in the world. After Connors, who was the next Canadian who was closest? I feel like yeah. there was a hand. Connors is 55th, and then I don't know who. Graham Dillette's been injured all year. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at him right now on the screen, and he is not looking at a screen of his own. He's going into his brain, and it's bad, folks. He's gone to Graham Delay. Oh my God! There's not. There's other Canadian golfers, right? Come on. Well, Graham Come Delay on. was the best one, but no, next. Injured. Okay, yeah, no, no. He's a carcass. Next, no, we have Adam Hadwin. Uh, we have Connors. There's. There, come on. There's. There's another uh, new boy in, in town right now that's Canadian golfer, right? Come on. Well, not ranked too high. I apologize. I don't know how to fill up this uh, dead air to like, uh, so to speak, but I mean, no, Roger I could have sworn. Oh, Nick Taylor. Fully forgot Nick Taylor. And then okay. There's another one though. There's another Mackenzie one. Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. Give me more. Come on. Uh, Roger Sloan, Nick Taylor, Mackenzie Hughes. Those are the top three after them. And then Taylor Pendrick, the guy who he had on the podcast. Well, yeah. not on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. See, I, I knew, I knew there was a handful of uh, Canucks running around. Oh, wait, by the way, is that a bad, is that, do you find that derogatory? Canuck? No, no, it's a nice name. It, well, I, but, I mean, but it's, I know so. well, it sounds silly. Like, why wouldn't you call somebody Canadian unless you're like trying to be direct? No, let me ask you, unless you're afraid to lose listenership or whatever, is there a negative term to call a Canadian person? This isn't the fun fact of the week. I, I, I can do this for an American. I can, I can, I can an answer your mm -hmm. answer, but is there like, like hoser? I don't even know what a hoser is, but I've heard that. Maybe like a Yankee. A Yankee, but even that, not really. Why would, would somebody Canadian call somebody American? Canadian in Canada? I thought you said, is there one for an American person? No, I'm at, yeah, well, yes, no, we'll get to that in a second, but let me ask you, from a Canadian's perspective, is there a negative moniker that you guys don't like hearing? Uh, not really. Maybe people have some, but not me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just very naive and don't really care so much. Okay, listen, I'll, I'll go on the record right now, and it's not going to get any political candidacy <laughs> mine, but white guys in America, evidently, from certain parts of America – if you call them a honky, that's like the N word for white guys. Oh, really? Yes. And, I, and I said it, white folks, honky. It's a funny freaking word, okay? And, and or sounds like a, funny. 
or like cracker honky and cracker honky cracker honky cracker. are you kidding me I, I, don't like, hate I, know, it. I know tons of people from texas and the deep south who get legitimately blood boiling upset with me when i say that and i can tell them jog on are you kidding me so me asking you that that's 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 the american white version of that me asking you if i call you a hoser do you see red no (laughs) not at all (laughs) okay well uh okay well we'll 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 table that i apologize that wasn't the canadian fun fact but um no not yet so uh so rory i'm sorry Apologize, didn't mean to bury the lead. Um, international team, is there anything else you want to cover with the uh, president's cup? Uh, not too much. I guess we still got, still got a ways to go. Yeah, December 9th is when it starts. So that's it's at uh, Royal Melbourne. Royal Melbourne, in where it's at, which is not in New Zealand or New England <laughs> or regular England or New Mexico. <laughs> oh God, yes. I mean, no. No. Royal Melbourne, located in south of New Mexico. Yeah, brother, come visit rural New Mexico, south of the border. So uh, we got one other thing we want to talk about, but Zach, uh, real quick, because uh, this is as lousy as a segue um, as I got. Did you see my uh, uh, Halloween video that uh, was on Twitter uh, from our costume party? Ooh. Yeah, that was like one of the crazier things when you mentioned that. I saw the video and I guess it didn't register who posted it. And I'm like, that's oh, an so incredible you saw video. It, not knowing I, I post, I, it was from no. me. And then when you told me, I'm like, wait, I didn't see a video. You're like, oh, it had a lot of retweets. I'm like, I, like, I didn't see any video from you. I don't know what you're talking about. Then I go and look, I'm like, oh, I've seen this video. <laughs> this is Jerry who posted it. For those who haven't seen it, it's must, must watch. I'm sure they go to your profile, find it. It's not too far back. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's not my pin tweet. It should be, even though my pin tweet's my ace. But I feel like I was having something fun or viral happen every week, so I'm just kind of like, oh, what's going to happen next week? But long story boring, folks. On uh, October 30th, we had our Ghost Caddy tournament at Bandon Crossings, and I've I've, I've uh, ranted about how great that course is on the podcast before. I'll spare spare your eardrums right now, but uh, I, all I did was we had like 140 people there mostly caddies if not caddies they were employees abandoned dunes or otherwise but uh i just remember all we were all in costume it was just a halloween con, uh, con, uh tournament and people kept tweeting me saying how do we do this how do we do this it's just like well is your course open on october 30th or 31st well then just dress up like a child and have fun i mean and so and and strictly how the video worked i just remember it was super cold I only got half the people who were there. I didn't even get the priests. Uh, I got I got like the lady and uh, who was with uh, the uh, superstar gal. But um, uh, like my my cart and my partner was Miguel and Hill Jimenez. The cart in front of us were a pair of priests, and the cart behind us was a pair of rabbis. I'm like, this is the best Halloween I've ever had in my life. This is the, this is the way it should be. It looked like a scene was, out of a movie. So, well. And, and exactly keeping informed because I was dressed up as Hunter S. Thompson, uh, a la Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with the, uh, uh, I had a, I had on the green poker visor, aviators, Hawaiian shirt, uh, cigarette holder with a broken cigarette and everything. I saw somebody walk down the line of carts with, with their phone, just shooting a video. And I just thought, Oh yeah, that's perfect. That, that's, that was, that was the only, uh, 
brain genesis that I had to say like, do this, do this was just like, oh, hey, let's get everybody in their outfits or whatever. And the video started off with a bang right away. Like it was Mike Ditka right next to Bill Belichick. You didn't even see um, John Gruden right behind them. And then like the camera panned over to the one referee because you didn't see any of the ref- The referee team was my favorite because they had whistles and flags and they were oh, like yeah. on the course yelling at everybody, throwing flags at people. If they like made a birdie, they would just like go call a penalty on them, so to speak, or whatever. It was funny. But um, he caught Aaron Aaron Hill, a uh, good buddy of mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like the camera's only on him for a second and a buddy of mine well, I'll get to that in a second, but I mean, I thought that was the funniest part was like, it's a referee and he's opening a bottle of tequila. And like, I started, I, kept, I caught Groot, I caught everybody on our team, whatever. Long story boring, I posted on Twitter the next day and uh, uh, Twitter alone got like 11,000 views uh, within a few days, but golf.com got a hold of it and they blasted on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I only found this out because the uh, Cali, uh, shout out to Cali Davis, our uh, uh, cook at the uh, Caddyshack Kitchen, she kind of like posted on Facebook with a comment to say like, Jerry Lou, amazing video. And I was just kind of like, what? I only posted this on Twitter. And then my buddy Katie Peters, who I had to give a shout out on the show to earlier, um, he sent me a still image of Instagram. And it was the one of Aaron the ref, like breaking the bottle of tequila, which I thought was funny because it's like, that was like the smallest blurb of anybody. And he caught him. And he's like, dude, I saw this on Instagram. And another guy told me, I saw this on Instagram. I'm just like, I didn't post it on Instagram or Facebook, you guys, but whatever. So <laughs> yeah. So all it was was we have a Halloween tournament uh, the Bandits Caddies uh, put on for ourselves, and it was only $75. Every cart had a growler of craft beer, a different kind. Uh, I think the uh, the Bandon Brewery was there giving the growlers out and had free pizza. Uh, we had a margarita station, a couple of them out on the course. I mean, and it was $75 uh, American, which in my opinion, and I put on – uh, what was the number on my resume? I put on over 1,600 tournaments in my life in terms of being a tournament operator for golf courses. If you pay $100 to play 18 holes and get like prizes and food or whatever, $100 is the breaking point, American, to me, where it's just like okay, you should yeah. pay more than that and less than that is a bargain. I, I hate to say it, just like throughout the country. This tournament was $75 and it was lit. It was it was the, it was the greatest ever. And and I left early, and I, it was just—it was amazing. And go, go check out the Halloween video. I'll, I'll pin it to my Twitter account uh, once we get off uh, recording this. All right, and last but not least, the uh, one of the bigger news of the last week has been the Christina Kim controversy. Indeed. So, thoughts. Thoughts as a caddy, you might have better insight. Well, I, I have a couple of thoughts, but I mean, what, what are your thoughts, Zach, honestly? I mean, from a viewer, from did you learn anything new in terms of like what the rule is or was or maybe? I learned that, was it you or Kip Henley who said that you could, if you ask what their club is, or you could find out what their club is, and if you don't take that club, it's not breaking the rule, but if you do take it, it is breaking the rule? Yeah, Kip said that, and I'll admit, I, I'll, I'll side with Kip's knowledge and his experience because he's been doing it for so long i didn't know that i knew like six or seven wrinkles to this rule in question that's like an eighth wrinkle that i never heard of where i'm just kind of like oh wait a second if you take the advice you get in trouble i haven't dove into the books that i mean i'm sorry folks i've been to two semesters of rules classes and they really didn't bring that up much in rules class to be fair that was kind of like a gentleman's 
pardon the the uh, nomenclature, that was kind of like a gentleman's rule kind of thing that still existed in a very crystalline nature in golf. But that being said, um, gosh, I uh, when Kip said that, when it said like if you take that advice, see, no, that's the thing. I I think I misread his tweet because uh, let, let's just like create a scenario in a vacuum here where it's just like I'm hitting a five iron. You want to know what I'm hitting. And you ask, and because you're hitting about to hit a four iron, you find out I'm hitting a five iron. So is it a penalty if you hit a five iron or if you just switch clubs, period? That's the thing I want to know. That's the minutia I really want to get into and figure out because the whole point is, oh, are you following somebody else's vice? Because as we saw in that uh, Shia LaBeef movie, uh, The Greatest Game Ever Played, Harry Martin would, he would pull another club just to fuck with you. And then you would pull another club and do something. That's psychology 101, folks. I tell people that every single round I caddy for. Psychology 101. People get in your head just by saying bullshit out loud or just like pulling clubs or doing whatever. The whole thing. I'm sorry, Zach. What's your take? What's your take? No, go ahead. Well, no, I don't want to take up all the airtime here. I mean, I do have a, I do have a small perspective on it. I don't have too much of a take. Mine's more just. I, don't, I think well, it's you, being blown out of proportion. Well, but in terms of rules as rules, were were you even aware of any of this as a no, viewer? No, I had no idea also? any of this was a rule. Okay, so I guess I can put a button on this in saying that I've always known. It's it's much like how uh, you remember in Tin Cup when um, when Kevin Costner's uh, right before he breaks all his clubs and and, and uh, Romeo quits. Uh, remember when that guy says, uh, soliciting uh, club advice is a two-shot penalty. Yeah, okay. She trust your feelings, which part of me is like, well, that technically, because the fact that she answered him, he should be penalized or whatever, but technically, soliciting <laughs> club advice, that's kind of the vein of what they're talking about here. And that is, and this is, this is what I love about golf rules and why I, I stay away from it, because it's, very, it's a very night and day, white and black, heads or tails environment where you are not allowed to ask your other your opponent your other caddy anything or you are but they're not allowed to tell you shit they're not but guess what you're allowed to do golfers or caddies you can walk over and look at your opponent's bag you're allowed to all day you can see that the, there's all the irons there five six eight nine pitching whoa where's the seven they're hitting seven iron and guess what it's that caddy's right if they want to to throw a towel over those clubs and that golfer as far as i know isn't allowed to move the towel but if, if you, it's, it's like getting down to baseball, like stealing signs, so to speak, and like changing up your, your, uh, your pitch signs or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that small. Does that really give you such an advantage to know what they're hitting? Because everyone hits a different distance. I, until now, I have never heard of this coming up as a problem. This, is, this has been a very, very, and I don't mean to quantify it as this, but a very old-fashioned rule. Very old-fashioned. Yeah. The fact that it's coming up like this, and I remember listening to, I don't remember what it was word for word or whatever, but how they were saying like, F this, we're going to, we're going to like, whatever, do this to, I kind of, weren't the girls like uh, getting bitched about, I'm sorry, uh, no pun intended, but weren't they getting like griped at for, uh, for backstopping? And they were saying like, hell yeah, I'm not going to mark my ball. There you go ahead and, and bounce it off my ball. And, and when they did it, they gave each other a fist bump. The LPGA flipped out. And I looked yeah. at like, well, for the one in a thousand times that happens, that's not that big a deal. And look how much fun <laughs> everybody's having and how good they're doing. Who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, no. I, I think it's very blown out of proportion. So we put a lid on that. It's, it's unfortunate. But 
what I appreciated from it was it brought to light a rule that actually was a very old fashioned rule that people didn't know about. And Do you think they're going to change that? Oh, no, 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 they shouldn't. No, it's. You think they should just stick with it? Rules are rules. Other than this, how often does this come up, or at least in terms of, I know media exposure has changed over the years in terms of what we know and what we hear from everybody on the course, but how often do you think this really comes up? No. Yeah, basically never. It's probably an unwritten code, too, not to say anything, I guess. Exactly. Most of this stuff is between the caddies and the golfers between the ropes. Half the penalties that come up, or at least more than that, are from people calling in. Or, like, the whole point of golf is what do your what do your competitors think about what you're doing right now? If they don't think that's a problem and they don't want to penalize you, that's where golf started, folks, with match play. Me and Zach can be playing golf, and, oh, it turns out his ball took a really shitty bounce that I don't think he deserved, and it went, like, over a cliff somewhere where we can't find it. It's within my realm and my heart and, and the, the rules of the match to say, hey, Zach, drop it right here, no penalty, because that sucked. And that it, you're allowed to do that. It's just when it comes to stroke play and metal play, you have 150 people in the field and they can't do that for each other. But overall, when it came to the spirit, the spirit of golf, that's just how it goes. And, and when it comes to between the ropes, that's mostly information between the two golfers and two caddies. That's why it never comes up because it's not a thing. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm That's why I said I'm happy it came up. It was funny. It was, it was just one of those. And yeah. Kip, Hen- Kip Henley had the best answer. He said, anytime – Somebody asked me what club my golfer's hitting. I'm going to tell him a six. And he was referring to, I'm pretty sure, a five and a middle finger. And I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to throw that to people sometimes just if I can't think of anything. It's like, what club are your golfer hitting? Six. <laughs> yeah, there's no more one iron, so it is what it is. Mm, that is an excellent zinger. That, that there is no more one irons. I mean, we can find some, but... Hell, I just took my three iron out of my bag because I'm hitting my four so good. So, plus I also like five wedges. Oh, Zach, my sixty-four degree wedge. I, I, I might, I might go to sleep with it. That, that thing's my new baby. That's your, that's your savior. It's not my savior. It's just one of those things where why would anyone hit a sixty-four degree wedge? I don't encourage golfers to use a sixty-degree wedge much. And my lob wedge was my fifty-eight degree. Now I'm using the sixty-four degree, just like just full swing going at it, just having a ball. I mean, but that's what, in my opinion, that's what golf's all about is confidence. And it really takes like hitting one, two, three good shots in a row to get the confidence train chugging. So, yeah. yeah. So before we close things out, should I go ahead and give you my Canadian fun fact? Fling it. Okay. So Americans, do you know how many times they've invaded Canada? Um, this is okay. This is funny. Cause a, I don't know. Either. B, which is my final guess, uh, or final uh, option. I can't even venture a guess because, honestly, I feel like I'm pretty hip to uh, American military history and movements. So when it comes to America invading Canada, I'm sure it's going to be a number that embarrasses me why it's like, wow, I I didn't even think it was once, but why twice? And and I have no idea. That's right. It was twice. 1775 and 1812. And the best part about it? Americans lost both times. Why did we invade Canada? What was going on? Jeez, I don't know. I don't know that. I just have the. I just have the fun fact. I don't have no, the whole history. No, the, we got a poke. We got a prod. We got to think. This uh, is so hey, if someone listening knows, time, clearly the first time was the American Revolution, and the second time was the War of eighteen twelve. Correct. Maple syrup, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Zach. They wanted it. Oh well, shoot. Uh, 
Zach, do you uh, do you have any plugs for the website or anything that's going on uh, in terms of upcoming uh, pieces or what? Yeah, well, uh, Tucker has a big piece coming out on Mike Whelan, the founder of Golf Channel, or one of the architects of it. And that's a 13,500-word piece. Whelan. Story. Whelan? Whelan. 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 Mike Whelan. Uh, see, I, I was doing that for a while. For a while. Yeah. Mike. Okay, so Mike Whelan. Sorry to derail you. Keep going. Yeah, slightly <laughs> derailed. We did the podcast with him, so you guys could listen to that if you didn't. And then uh, he actually just did an interview with Jerry Fultz of the Golf Channel that should be yeah. up hopefully next week. We'll put it up. And then uh, we got a couple of great articles coming out soon, as usual, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's uh, that's perfect. I mean, we got a uh, – evidently the PJ Tour took this weekend off. Oddly enough, right. much like much like the CIA uh, told all their workers to go home on 9-11. Anyways, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody on our team. I mean, from Sports Travel Radio, we love you guys. Uh, Ty Childs, he just got me into a 30-team multi-year dynasty fantasy baseball. God knows what the fuck. Uh, oh, God. It's, it's, it's a bloodbath. I love it. But, uh, but I uh, – uh, uh, to plug myself, you can find me on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper one and that's about it. You can find us on our website from vectees.com. But I love our team, which is Tucker, Nolan, Dumblefore, which is Andrew, Blue Horseshoe, which is Craig, Denunzio, just Denunzio, uh, Mark Rosensky, and did I say that right? Yeah, you got it nice. right. I peered it, I peered it one swing, and then John Cherepsky. Spot on. Spot on. Crack on. No, it's no laying up, guys. Quote. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Ah, who cares? <laughs> All right, Zach. Well, um, well, hopefully we'll be coming back to you guys next week. Do we have anybody coming on the show next week or anything special? Uh, what do we got? We might be having a special guest, potentially the one of the top golfers in college golf, but we'll tease it a little and we'll put it out on Twitter if we have it locked up. Mm, that's enough to tease my D. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, have a good uh, rest of your week. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.